Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey, good to be back here with you on Private Club Radio. And last week we were over in the UK speaking with Stuart Gillette at Goodwood. So we're going to keep it in that part of the world this week because on that same journey, I met with an interesting couple, Richard and Sally Haygarth of Maple Leaf Golf. We met at their golf club, Chichester Golf Club. They own a few other properties around the UK and they're doing some really intriguing things, really outside the box. I think you're going to enjoy this one. And if nothing else, it's going to get your creative juices flowing and get you thinking about some unique things that you might be able to do or add at your club. I hope that's what you get out of this interview and a lot more. Here's my interview with Richard and Sally Haygarth. Here with uh, Sally and Richard Haygarth at the Chichester Golf Club. And uh, first I'll start off with you, Richard. I'd love to just get a history and background on Maple Leaf Golf. Uh, yeah, I guess um, the Maple Leaf Odyssey, if you like, started uh, back in 92 uh, when Sally and I went over to Toronto. Uh, back, back then, we were both uh, working for PricewaterhouseCoopers, the, uh, the accounting firm. Uh, we were there for seven years. We were lucky enough to make a partnership. Uh, and our son was born in, in Canada. So both he and I have Canadian passports, just in case Brexit gets a little, gets a little hairy. We'll take Sally along too. Um, so we came back to the UK uh, with an opportunity to buy the, where, we're, where we're sitting now, Chichester Golf Club. Um, at that point, it was a 36-hole complex with a driving range and a par three course. Uh, golf was on the up, uh, and we had you know uh, half a dozen great years, just uh, um, really super. Uh, we called it Maple Leaf Golf because having lived in Toronto for seven years, uh, we like Canadian uh, standards of service. And now I don't want to offend the present company, but we see American and Canadian service being very good, very high standard. We just think the Canadians do it with a little more panache and a little more feeling. And that's what we particularly liked about it. And we thought that that translates better to the UK culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so having built, uh, um, taken over Chichester Golf Club, um, we took over Hill Barn in Worthing, another club in 2003. Uh, that was owned by the council, uh, was run down and we just really invested. It was actually designed by the guy, uh, Hawtree, who designed Royal Birkdale. Uh, and then in 2009, we bought Horton Park in Epsom. Again, it was run down, it was off the administrator uh, and we invested and we significantly changed that business as well, as we have done, mm. as we have done here. And then the a big thing for next year is we have a site near Heathrow uh, where we have planning permission to build a um, 36-hole adventure golf, adventure golf, a nine-hole synthetic course, wow. uh, and a two-tier driving range. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're also going to put in an indoor adventure golf into that facility. Hmm. Wow! So that's a sort of a, a whistle-stop tour of, of what, we, what we have. Let me turn to you, Sally. So uh, for folks who don't know really what adventure golf is, can you explain that? Because I don't think I've even, I don't think I know much about it. Oh, it's, it's big in the States. Yeah. Um, generally here, we call it crazy golf. Okay. Uh, I think in America, <laughs> it's often called mini golf. 
Okay, uh, so gotcha. We, mini so golf, we have yes. two descriptions. Mm-hmm. You either it's 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 uh, it's mini golf on steroids, or as we like to explain it here, if you take the average British seaside rinky-dink crazy golf course and you gave it to Walt Disney, <laughs> then you get adventure golf. Yeah, I'm looking outside here. You've got a pink cascade of a waterfall coming down, and it's, uh, so that that cave stuff. is is um, a double-sided. So there's a lake on either side and a waterfall on both yeah. sides. Um, it's still pink. It was red last week for Halloween. Okay. Um, as it's just changing it back to blue. Well, sometimes we have it. We have it red and green at Christmas, so we change the colours. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the golf holes is in the middle of that cave, hmm. um, and there is a gorilla in a cage in there, which generally frightens most <laughs> most people. Um, but yes, um, it was. We always dress it for the sort of two weeks leading up to Halloween, cool. and that's great great fun we also dress it at christmas yep. which kind of keeps it fresh for people who've been lots of times and we have lots of people that especially mm. come and they bring a pumpkin and they decorate out there with their own pumpkins yep. um and uh, yeah so that's fun that's pretty cool so our mutual friend eddie bullock says you, you folks are doing quite a bit to really drive golf forward here in the uk can you talk about some of the initiatives and things that you're doing uh yeah i mean you've sally's touched on the adventure golf there and that's um that is a surefire winner um, that's probably, I'd say, is they are our most successful pieces of real estate that we own. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have helped uh, just drive more customers through our businesses. And what, what that does is uh, it, it is just making the golf facility sustainable. In this summer here, yeah, we're round, it's, it's busy. And any golf business, if it's not busy in the summer, well, it's in serious trouble. Sure. Um, but in the off-peak times, in the in the winter, uh, it can be difficult, and so the adventure golf has really helped to drive uh, mm-hmm. business through. And we've got one at, uh, at this site at Chichester. And we've got one in our site in, in Epsom. Uh, the other new thing that we've done is we've installed Top Tracer in our range at uh, Epsom. Uh, that has been tremendously successful. We're looking at numbers, sort of uh, driving range revenue, fifty percent up. Wow. Uh, don't get me wrong, Top Tracer is an expensive right. commodity. We've had them on our show, yeah. Uh, it's great technology, uh, but it's expensive. But it's moving golf into into really the digital age. So uh, kids will come along and they'll be hitting golf balls because they can see the track of their ball on the screen. Yeah. And that's something they understand. Sure. So um, real a field mm-hmm. and a golf ball <laughs> doesn't really resonate, but a, a screen does. Yeah. And the other thing we've done on that range is we've put uh, 30-foot inflatable vinyl targets that are internally illuminated Hmm. and make a noise when they're hit. Nice. Competitions of you amongst your friends playing. Yeah. Yeah. You can find those in the States. Uh, If you Google Cosmic Golf, you'll see a guy called Rob Peterson. Mm -hmm. We call him Cosmic Bob. (laughs) Uh, And he uh, installed those in our range at uh, Epsom. Uh, We were the first UK facility to do that. So you have a nighttime driving range. We have a nighttime driving yeah, range. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it combines really well with the with the top tracer. Yeah, it makes so it it's makes more of a party atmosphere. More yeah. of a, um, we equate it to like you might go bowling. It's got to do with golf in some ways. It doesn't matter if you don't never picked up a golf club in your life. Yeah. You can go and have fun because you either hit a target which splashes and makes a noise, and or you play one of the games that's on top tracer. Sure. You know. Um, and, and you can have a lot of fun that way. Mm. Seems like you're, you're trying to make the game a little bit more social and maybe even a little more family friendly because, you know, you can come here to, to play some adventure golf with your wife and kids. Um, and maybe they become, maybe they want to eventually play the, the, the full game. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think you've always got to bear in mind that uh, everyone, pretty much everyone, 99% of the population can play adventure golf. If you look at the stats in the UK, you've got 2% of the population who will play golf once a month. So you can quite easily do the math mm-hmm. between uh, uh, proper golf and adventure golf. Right. Um, so your marketing is infinitely easier, mm-hmm. I mean, 50 fold <laughs> easier. Um, and that means you're going to get more people through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of those people that come through the door, if they see the driving range, we do an upsell. So for a pound, you can hit 25 balls on the range. Wow. That gets them mm-hmm. into, into yep. real golf. Right. Um, and of course, people, if they have a good time, if you've got the top tracer on there, if it's fun, they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's it like uh, being spouses and, and owning these businesses together? I bet that's challenging at times or how's it, it been? It can be, can be challenging <laughs> at times. Um, I think mostly we uh, long ago recognized uh, you can only have one person in charge of one thing mm. and therefore as we acquired more that to some extent became easier so mm. I run uh, Chichester here and Hillbarn Golf Club in Worthing and Richard runs Horton Park which obviously was, was the new one and he will run Hounslow as and when it's built and operational yeah. so there's a lot of stuff where where we hardly you know, cross mm. paths from a, from a yeah. business point of view from one day to the next mm-hmm. Chichester does act as a bit of a head office it's probably because it's where we started it's got the most space it's a 300 acre site I mean it's yeah. vast um, and so and also it's near to our home so sure. we do do you know we do kind of strategy and marketing and um, financing and things like that together yeah. but a lot of the time we're we're working separately yeah. which I think is the way you, you mm. make it work if I think you've tried to go around doing everything together you'll probably <laughs> kill each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great that you're making it work um, so what are your long term prospects for golf in the UK then what do you, what do you, what's your looking into your crystal ball what do you see I think it's got to, it's got to change I mean I think there's going to be uh, I always talk about the top middle and bottom of the market I think the high end clubs uh, will continue to be successful I mean, to take a simple example, any golfer who is who is can play to a reasonable standard, if they got a chance to go and play the old course, they'd be they'd be there like a shot. So those are the places, those aspirational golf courses will continue to be successful, I believe. Uh, the UK built a whole load of courses in the 90s. They built 600 courses based on a report by the by the RNA, and that report was flawed, and they built probably. 400 of those courses shouldn't have been built. Mm. But anyway, that's that's now history. Sure. We see quite a lot of turnover within the industry and in that the uh, locally we've seen um, nine, we've actually seen one nine hole uh, part of one facility go to a vineyard. Uh, another place is closed for the whole thing to become a vineyard. Mm. And there's a place near Epsom that closed, that's going to become some sort of a football academy. Yeah. And if anyone is, is able to change the use and get planning, uh, on a marginal facility, they're certainly doing that. Sure. So I see if anyone is is in the mid market, they've got to make some decisions. Right. Uh, they can do what we did, um, uh, which obviously it's site specific. I think you've got to have the right location. We're blessed here in Chichester. We've got a lot of holiday makers. Epsom is on the edge of London, so it's densely populated. Um, because every site is going to have to look at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Hounslow project, we're building the first, UK's first synthetic golf course. That's so we can provide a quality uh, short game facility year round. Um, Sandra, the only one I've seen is in, 
of that type is in Saint-Tropez. Mm-hmm. They build that because they have a lack of water. Yeah. In the UK, you've been here a short while, sure. you can see we have plenty of water, <laughs> and in the winter, golf courses get muddy. Right. It's not a great experience. Sure. Uh, so I think we've got to look for different types of facility. Wow. How about, how about you? Any, any difference there? Well, I think, you know, I've mentioned the word fun, and yes, you're absolutely right. We've focused on uh, the, the family side. Um, people are far more tied up with their families now, and I don't see that changing. Um, so I do see the, the ability for people's time to play golf will diminish, which means we need to increase the pool of potential people that are doing that. Um, so, so not just men age 60, but actually everybody from you know five to 95 of, of, of both sexes and yes what we what we've done here allows this i mean when we first opened the adventure golf we would have a lot of people phone up and say i've seen the airplane up in the sky we desperately want to come <laughs> and play but we're not members of the golf club is it all right for us to come you know golf still has and we fight it all the time this image of it's exclusive and you have to be a member and all of this sort of stuff and that's just that's never been us in in golf so the activities that we do um, try to break all those barriers the other thing we do is get into golf mm-hmm. so that is um, a massive program that we do at both Chichester and, and uh, Torton of bringing new people into the game because we say well we're never going to have them out the other side as members if we don't actively bring more people into the game so we have a very strong get into golf mm-hmm. program of trying to increase that pool of people and again we see a lot of actually females take part in that. They mm. like the, the social side of it. They like the group learning. They like they're having a cup of coffee or whatever it is before or afterwards. And that then eventually says, well, I've got someone to go and try the nine-hole golf course with because yeah. I've just been in a group with these people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, let's go on Saturday or Tuesday or whatever mm-hmm. it works for us to go and, and take that next step, right. um, which leads to which leads to um, um, membership. So these are the perfect facilities to do that. The ranges here, the par three courses over there, the adventure golf courses there. You know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I think you know a lot of people fear stepping on that tee the first time. Yeah. They can do it with somebody that they've... Yeah. kind of done it with, gone through it with. I think that that, that definitely lessens the fear. Um, how about, has there been any pushback from your members um, when you started to bring, introduce some of these interesting concepts? I see some smiles on your face. I, I think it's, um, I think it's uh, the, the experience at Chichester and in Epsom where we've built adventure goals has been, has been similar. Um, Chichester works beautifully because uh, the adventure golf is remote from the main golf facility. So the main golf facility is 600 meters away. Um, so once we built this cafe, you know, we had, we were able to um, um, feed and give drinks to our customers after the adventure golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so that worked very well. And it's, it's remote from the main golfing facility, as yes, I say. Yes, have you been down there? I haven't oh, been there yet. Because right. that's about the 36 holes of golf in <laughs> the clubhouse yeah. and the whole rest of it okay, is. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got in Epsom, it's all through one facility. Mm. And uh, we realised that we opened the Adventure Golf. And certainly in the, the six weeks of the kids' holidays in the summer, it was creaking. And so we've doubled the size of the, of the clubhouse. We built a kids' playground to entertain the kids. Mm-hmm. We built a massive patio. And we moved the putting green from right outside the clubhouse to over towards the first tee, which sounds like a minor change, but kids were 
obviously it's an open space of grass they wanted to play they wanted so to run they yeah were playing on the <laughs> that's what my kids would do <laughs> which is a uh, you know it, it's natural but there was a clash between the, the different types of customer sure and so the the upshot of that was when we changed the facility um, we solved that problem and mm-hmm. we reopened uh, the clubhouse on the 1st of April in Epsom mm-hmm. and we've had no kickback from members mm-hmm. whatsoever they're Thank delighted you. with the facilities I mean right. we've spent you know one and a half million pounds so uh, it would be difficult for them to be, sure. to, to, to be unhappy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Any other uh, interesting things planned or any other ideas um, that, that well, others... Well, we've just opened the indoor adventure golf here. Mm. So we built a building over the summer. It's great actually, here when it's cold. Yeah. Out <laughs> on the, mm-hmm. the driving range and that opened uh, last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we borrowed from the States. Mm-hmm. And actually the, the, the fit out was um, done by a gentleman that we called Looney Larry. Uh, we seem to give everybody a name. Um, and that's been wonderful because um, that will give us a, f- a throw. Anyway, it'll give us people on site when the weather's not so good, yeah. um, you know, which, is, which will be great and continue to bring people here. Um, and so we are also then looking at, as Richard said, the whole synthetic right. um, idea for the course here mm-hmm. to, again, take it to be more of a... A fun activity rather than this sort of somewhat serious thing called the golf course. That's for the hmm. par three course. Okay. And the final thing for here that we're looking at as a long-term plan is actually to uh, build some lodges so that we actually hmm. have some accommodation yep. on site because that is an area of the golf market that is growing. Sure. Um, um, and we are in a lovely part of the world. A lot of people come on holiday here. There is a shortage of accommodation, mm-hmm. and so we we have people phone us up desperate to come and stay and play. And we've got great courses for them to play, but we can't find anywhere for them to stay because everywhere is full. Yeah. So we thought, well, build our own. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other thing we didn't touch on actually is that both Chichester and in Epsom we've opened escape rooms. Uh, oh, I love that. Yes, that's really big in Florida where I come from. So yeah. we, uh, again, the comp- Looney Larry who, who built the adventure <laughs> golf for us, uh, he has a he has a model for some escape rooms. Mm-hmm. But we found someone local uh, who we've done a joint venture with, yeah. uh, and we have five rooms in Epsom, and we have three here. Right. Um, your listeners might want an explanation of escape rooms. Some people know what they are. They're possibly better known in the states than they are over here. A little bit, but yeah, uh, explain it for us. But again, it's, uh, we've done it because it's great corporate team building activities. And with things like Adventure Golf and Cosmic Driving Range and the Top Tracer, that whole thing becomes much more of a corporate type event. Um, the, the other aspect of that uh, is the fact that we put a bar on our range in Epsom. So um, we decided to license the whole, of the, the whole of the driving range. And so it becomes much more of a party space. And the fact that it's a party space means that you know uh, we've extended our, our food and beverage capacity again, mm. and we're just ch- trying to change the whole golf uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. You've done some avant-garde things for sure. Have you polled folks and kind of seen what would work? How do you decide what you're gonna what you're gonna come up with next? <laughs> we go, we go to the states a lot. Yeah. Um, and we've got we've got friends in in the U.S. and in Canada, so it's a good excuse to go over. Yeah. We talk. We, we if there's an industry, we, we do industry conferences. We see what people are doing. Yeah. Um, and it's. But you're doing some unique things. I haven't seen too many clubs with an escape room. <laughs> no, we've also been to the um, entertainment industry show yeah. in, in Paris. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Something a bit like that. So we just. So you're we, getting out and seeing. We view ourselves yeah. as in the entertainment industry, 
And we view our competition as anybody that entertains customers, so that's bowling, cinema, sure. whatever. Yep. Not, not, we don't view our competition really as, as another golf course right. down, down yep. the road. Um, and we, you know, golf is a very, very expensive game to be in. Mm -hmm. uh, just to open your door sure. is very, very expensive. And it's the same whether one person goes out the door, out there or a thousand and one. Mm, yes. And you have to pay all those costs just to let that one person out there. So you have to keep looking at your assets and saying, what else could what I can do? We do? Yep. And I have an ice patch of ground over there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, I've had several ideas okay. for. The planners aren't always playing ball with all right. of our ideas. So we'll, we'll get there in the end as yeah. to what we're going to do with that patch of land. And I'm sorry about the interruption. They want to test the firearms. I heard, yeah. No. Okay. We're not going to do that right now. Life goes on. <laughs> Last question for you then. So obviously a lot of golf clubs are um, either managed or governed by people who aren't necessarily risk takers. So what would you say to people um, in terms of, of, of their appetite for risk? <laughs> and getting over some of those. Uh... Don't, don't do golf in that case. <laughs> if you want to, if you want this, if you want to carry on doing the same thing over and over again, you will get the same results. You know, um, if and so if as a golf course owner, or if as a group of members that own the golf course, you want to uh, move forward, then you're going to have to take some risk. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're a golf course in England, I would say the certain clubs that really have no choice they will either have to reinvent themselves in some way or they will be out of business mm. and we've seen some clubs go out of business it's a, it's a tough market yeah diversification is one way and obviously you can choose to invest and try and take your facilities up market mm -hmm. yep. so i think i think uh if you're if you're happy with where you're at you don't need necessarily need to take any risk but if you're not i don't think there's a choice Anything to add, Sally? Well, I think a lot of courses, what they haven't, what a lot of clubs haven't looked at is their whole clubhouse facilities and they haven't invested in it in a very long time. And that has become unacceptable to customers now. They don't want to go in a bar that looks like that. They don't want to look, eat in a dining room that looks like that. They don't want to go in the changing rooms that, that, that look like that. And they... And the reason they haven't invested is they haven't got the money. And that's mm. often the point at which it causes the problems. But sure. actually, they ought to be looking at that as an asset and taking the plunge and saying, okay, we're going to spend the money, but then how are we going to get back? What else are we going to do? Right. Whether that's weddings or as we do here, we do stag do's and we do hen do's. And, <laughs> Those are bachelor and bachelorette parties. Yes, yeah, sorry, yes. It's <laughs> to translate. Yeah, I should know. Yeah. One, one anecdote you might like is that when we started redesigning the bar in Epsom, uh, the designers kept talking to me about, oh, this would be a nice thing to do in a golf club, and that would be a nice look for a golf club. And after a while, I said, look, guys, you need to understand, if my customers walk into this bar when you're finished and it looks like a golf club, we have failed. Mm -hmm. I do not want it to look like a golf club. I want it to look uh, edgy, innovative, and something that people haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about being a little bit different and being unique. Right. That's and if, sadly, we don't have time to take you to Epsom, but our theming is Maple Leaf. Yeah. So you've got a, a life-size picture of a moose in the in the loos. Oh wow! In the toilet, in the washrooms. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, we've got like um, uh, copper maple leaves mm. uh, over the wall. Nice. And so there's a whole theme yep. going through there. Very cool. It doesn't it doesn't look like a golf club? <laughs> That's awesome. So like here doesn't. 
Right. No, it doesn't. We're in a room that's like a jungle-themed cafe yeah. uh, outside the adventure golf course. And yeah, it, I almost feel like I'm in a, in a Swedish uh, show, uh, furniture showroom more, <laughs> more so than a golf course. It's nice. It's different. Yeah. Very modern. Yeah. Um, if folks want to find out more about what you guys are doing, um, find out more about Maple Leaf Golf, how do they do that? Uh, the easiest is www.mapleleafgolf.co.uk. Awesome. And that is the gateway to all of our different businesses. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Private Club Radio. It was good to spend a little time with you today. Hope we can do it again next week. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.